right, good morning. How's everybody? You're going to have to go a long way to beat first service. They were, we were packed out at first service. Everybody was energized, excited about Jesus. Can you give me a little something this morning to tell me you're here today? That's good. All right. All right, well, let's, uh, let's begin with what's really important, and that is my new granddaughter. All right. So, uh, you know, we live stream. Some of you opt to stay home every once in a while and live stream, and we know that you won't go to hell for that. But um, we'd rather have you here, all right? But I want to show you a picture. So my wife and uh, my new granddaughter, we're live streaming. And look at the guy on the screen, Michael, you made it. Look at there. Gracie Bell loved your worship this morning. Thank you so much for that. So she was born on my wife's birthday, which was last Sunday, the 29th. And then I enjoyed on Thursday, the 2nd, I believe that was Thursday, uh, my other granddaughter's birthday, and then on the 4th, my daughter's birthday. So I ended up with like four birthdays in six days, so I'm broke. <laughs> but it's so good to see you today. You know, uh, everything about life is about choice. I want you to just let that sink in. Everything about life is about choice. Today we're going to talk about baptism, but hopefully we're going to bring some new insight to you, some challenges to you that you haven't seen before. And then I also want to do a little bit of a shameless plug for next Sunday. I have been working on this sermon for next Sunday for several weeks, and it is, uh, it is so exciting. It's some things I've never seen before about heaven. Uh, I want you to make sure you come next week, bring someone with you because I really believe it's going to be an eye-opening, interesting kind of thing that you're going to get from the Word of God about heaven. And, and it's so uh, enriching when you find new nuggets in the Word of God and they, the Spirit of God unfolds things so you see them in a fresh light. So let me just encourage you in that. As we talk about choices, I came across a few quotes here that I wanted to bring to you as we think about the choices we make, especially the choices we make in following after God. Every day of your life, every day of your life, moment by moment, is an opportunity to choose to follow after God or choose not to. Sometimes we're not deliberate in the sense that we choose to rebel against God. We just choose not to follow hard after God. But the end result can be very similar in that we don't progress in our spiritual life, we don't grow in our commitment to God, and we don't understand the kingdom power that God has for us in Christ. And you see, really everything that God has in pushing us toward that following heart after him is for our own benefit. It's not about control, it's not about God who, who's just kind of there trying to, to dictate to us, children. It's about, I know how you can be the happiest person on earth, and it will be when you make the right choices about me. Because I created you. I know what you're all about. I know what really, deep down, makes you happy and excited and, and purposeful and all of those things. So here's the first quote that came from Almut Camus. He said, life is the sum of all your choices. Today, everything about you is about the choices you've made over your lifetime. Some of those were good choices. Some of those were not so good. Some deliberate, some not so deliberate. But you are the sum of those choices. Now, the good news is, even if you've made a lot of bad choices in life, God starts every day fresh. Amen? 
Every day is new unto the Lord. So don't carry around some sense of guilt like, I wish I would have made a better choice. Yeah, that probably is true. We all could say that. But if you carry that weight, you can't experience freedom on a daily basis. Daily basis freedom is about understanding the love of the Father who releases us to fully be his children in Christ. Greg Rochelle put it like this, the decisions we make today determine the stories we tell about our lives tomorrow. What story do you want to tell tomorrow? What story do you want to tell your children or your children's children tomorrow? Now, you could tell that story like I was a good citizen and I, and I took care of my friends and my family and, and I was faithful at my work and all of those are things you should be saying. But imagine if you could take and tell the stories about encountering the supernatural God who heals, changes lives, works miracles, does wonders on the earth today. What if you could sit down tomorrow and begin to tell the stories that no one else seems to be telling because they've lived their life so much in the slow lane with God that they haven't experienced what it means to walk in the power of the Spirit of God. You see, the Bible is always about being committed and understanding how to access heaven on earth on a daily basis, whether that's the Old Testament, whether that's the New Testament. Third quote, direction, not intention, determines destination. All of us have good intentions. Sometimes that becomes our excuse. Well, I, my heart was right or I had a good intention. Yeah, but everything else was wrong. The intentions don't do anything for us unless they give us direction whereby we carry out that which God has set in place for us. So we're, beginning, we're going to begin by looking at this subject of baptism, and we're going to look at it maybe a little bit different than you think. What comes to your mind when you think of baptism? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that I grew up, my parents were in a tradition where they took me to church and they baptized me as a baby, and I got a little cool certificate, and then later when I was older, they told me about it. And I asked my mom one time, I said, Mom, well, what was that like? What did I do? She said, you cried. You didn't really like it. Okay, I, I get that. You know, you bring me to church, you put water on my face, and I don't like it. But it didn't have any more meaning for me than that. For them, it was a significant passageway into saying, we want our child to follow hard after God. And this is kind of a symbol or a ritual that we want that. But for me, it was not a choice It was simply I could look back on and think, oh, that must have been cool for my parents. But there came another time in my life when I found Jesus Christ in prayer. I really came to know him as my Savior and my Lord. And then I made a conscious decision to follow him in water baptism. And it was quite an experience for me because the tradition I had grown up in had nothing to do with the way they were baptizing. All of a sudden, I realized that people who were being baptized were adults, typically, or, or students or young children, but they made a conscious decision to say, I believe that Jesus, when he died on the cross, he was buried, he rose from the dead to give me life, and this baptism is a symbol or a picture of that. So that's why we baptize by immersion. If you've ever been to one of our baptisms here, we actually baptize in a horse trough. We started because we were meeting in a junior high school, and we didn't have any baptistry, so we bought a horse trough, and uh, we just started baptizing in it. And we've got great stories about the horse trough. Uh, The first year that we did the horse trough, we were pretty conscious, it was a sunrise service, pretty conscious we needed to get the water hot. 
because it's outside, it's cold, it, was, it really was kind of drizzly. And so we heated it up, and then they, somebody was smart enough to bring a thermometer with them, and it was 130 degrees. Now, I don't know if you know anything about water, but that is really just too hot for a baptism, even early in the morning, and we didn't want to scald people and have another reason, you know, to, you know we, oh, we got to pray healing over them because we just scalded them to death in the baptistry, right? So uh, I looked at one of the, uh, the maintenance guys, and I said, hey, do you have an ice machine? Yeah, so now they're bringing out buckets of ice, and we're pouring ice into, now it's, remember, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. We're putting ice into a tub, and everybody's going, why do you need ice in there? We don't want to tell everybody we, we're going to scald you just 10 minutes ago. And so we're trying to cool the water down. Well, the second big thing that happened, a great learning experience for me, we were already that early uh, live streaming our services. And so we had two cameras shoot. We had it all figured out. We had a camera from the front, camera from the back. You see the expression when they came up their face, everything else. Except the cameraman in the back was not the sharpest you know, knife in the, in the drawer. And he knows that. I mean, we had a talk because what he did was not really consciously think about what he was seeing in that screen. Because, and I think we baptized like 38 people that day, all right? What he was seeing in the screen was every time I baptized someone and I bent over, I gave the entire world a plumber's crack. Not once, but 38 times. Yeah, I was only told after the fact. He said, you know, I think that may have been a problem. And I go, a problem, why didn't you move the camera? He said, I don't know, I thought you wanted the picture. Well, nobody's looking at the person. They're looking at the dumb preacher with the plumber's crack. So baptisms do have a lot of funny moments. But, but the neat thing is we've, uh, I think in five years, we've baptized uh, nearly 500 people uh, in faith here. So almost a about 100 people a year. It's been exciting. Some of you I know have been baptized, and it's such an exciting and a, a exciting moment for everybody. So I want to talk to you about baptism, but I want to take it more than just water. I want to give you the full spectrum of what the Bible has to say on the subject of baptism. So um, whenever you look at a, at a sentence, the subject in that sentence is important. Would we all agree? you got to know what the subject is. Every sentence needs to have a subject. So if you look at the Word of God related to baptism, you're going to find there are three different subjects. One is the Holy Spirit is the subject. And the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you into the church, meaning the body of Christ. Okay? So what happens when you're baptized uh, and this is called, this is what happens at salvation. At salvation, what happens is you say, I believe on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. What he does is he places you in this family of God called the church. Now, separate that from the idea of these buildings and walls church. We're talking about the body of Christ, all believers everywhere. We're placed into this, this body of Christ. The second subject that we find reference to in Scripture is the church. Now, the church baptizes you into water. Now, we use the word church loosely there. It could, be, it could just be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ who, hey, you just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you were down at the ocean. He said, I just, want, I just feel really compelled to get baptized. Would you baptize me? Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. You see, 